0: everyone, welcome once again to the 24-bit podcast and today we are shooting the third episode of a series that's uh, geared towards the Safaricom Engineering Summit that's taking place on 10th, on 11th and 12th uh, of October and as usual we have some very interesting guests who are coming to unpack some of what you can expect at the summit and I'm joined by my colleague Nick.
1: Yeah, my name is Nick as just said. And
0: yeah, I'm Chenza Uh You can find some of the work that I do at AndroidKenya.com. And I'm going to give our chan- uh, a chance to our guests to introduce themselves, tell us who they are, what they do. Uh-huh. I'll start with the gentleman to my left.
2: Excellent. Uh, my name is uh, James Langat. I'm currently the lead of uh, network implementation and operations at uh, SafiCom. Uh, So that basically means I build uh, the infrastructure and I take care of it. So I'm responsible for bringing interesting things to you like 4G and 5G. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Mm.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much, Chenza and uh, Nick, for giving us this opportunity. Uh, My name is Lilian Nyawira Kiambati. I'm the service management lead in (coughs) SafariCom technology. And uh, I take care of the network end-to-end when you talk about digital services mobility, enterprise, ours is just to ensure that you have the best of the services. So we monitor the network 24 by 7 and we also make sure that we do benchmarks across to just make sure that we provide the best in class experience for our customers and for for everyone basically in the country just to make sure that we keep everybody connected at all times.
0: Good. Uh, thank you Lillian and thank you James. As you've heard from their introductions and the roles they uh, they play at Safaricom, we are today going to be geared and biased towards the network. Um from our first uh, Past two episodes, we've had the Safaricom is transitioning from being a purely telecommunications company to a technology company. But one thing we shall never forget is, for the most of us, how we've known Safaricom is as a network uh, operator, and so network is at the core, at the heartbeat of Safaricom. So that's why we are talking about networks today. And one of the sessions you can expect at the upcoming Engineering Summit will be one titled Liberating Networks for. Seamless global connectivity. I'll hand over to Nick to take us through some of the things that we can expect to see at the summit and as shared by our guests.
1: All right, thank you, Chance. I think you know, I'm sure both of us are looking forward to the summit, you know, uh, next week. And I think connectivity, you know, as, as you is one of the topics that will be covered widely during the summit. And of course, uh, based of course on your buy and what you do at Safaricom, uh, you have a deep understanding, of course, about connectivity in Kenya, and even just across Africa. Let me say that. So maybe from where you are sitting, maybe I can start with a, um, you know, a Lilian. How do you describe the status of connectivity? Even let me bring it back home in Kenya, and even if, if you're able to I'll give us give us some insight about you know Africa, that should be good as well.
3: Um. When you, when you look at connectivity, let, let me just start with a global mm-hmm. situation now. Uh, when you look at us globally, people want to get connected to yep. devices and, uh, and be connected at all times, wherever they are. So when you look at that, um, when I did my studies, I just uh, found out that we, have, we still have around 3.7 billion people who are still um, unconnected or underconnected. But uh, coming back home in terms of uh, connectivity and coverage around uh, the country, I can say we've covered uh, 97, more than 97% of the population coverage across board. And the most interesting thing we did in the recent times, of course, was to make sure that we had 4G uh, everywhere, which was a strategy by Safaricom to just make sure that even in the remotest places you can be able at least to get 4G. Because initially we had targeted the big towns, and, and then now we decided not to broaden it up because we realized people are demanding more bandwidth, better speeds, and of course, lower latencies. And I mean, everything is going digital, and you cannot afford to miss out on this space. But not forgetting also, when you look at also the device ecosystem, it plays a big role mm-hmm. on, on connectivity in our ecosystem. So when you look at Kenya, for instance, the 2G devices are still in the highs of 21 million. 4G is around 15 million. And 5G is, 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 is the, the, the new kid on the block. Mm-hmm. We're getting there. We are pushing it. And it's around 500K devices as we speak now. Mm-hmm. So what is the strategy going forward? And when you look at it, when you look at all those networks, it's like different network layers are different in, in every technology. So the strategy across uh, the globe is uh, to thin... 3G so that we can delegate the spectrum to 4G and 5G because that's where there is demand for faster speeds and better connectivity for our customers. And then now for, for 2G now also thin that, but now you have to do it very carefully, especially when you look at it locally because how much is a 2 device compared to a 4G or a 5G? Because when you come to Africa, affordability is, is key. So when you look at all that ecosystem and to be able now to push that is to be deliberate about um, probably coming up with cheaper 4G devices. And uh, as you're aware, Safaricom is working on putting up a factory Mm -hmm. to manufacture devices Mm -hmm. that will be able to cost less just to bring affordability home. So that we can make sure that person in Turkana is able or that person who does not have regular income or low income can be able to be. Connected, I'll allow my colleague to also speak on the broadband bit, which is also becoming very important mm. because that one gives you, you now bigger spectrum, faster speeds, and you can be able to do much more. Maybe James, you can touch on broadband.
2: Thank you. you have
3: touched a lot on mobility.
2: Okay, thank you, Lillian uh, Something uh, beautiful and wonderful that you've talked about that I also wanted to chip in is the ubiquity of the mobile phone, especially when it comes to. Uh, Africa and by extension uh, Kenya. I was reading a World Bank uh, report that says the first experience of digital in Africa will be experienced through the mobile phone, and that of course uh, goes to show the kind of uh, role that people like Safaricom will play uh, by giving the opportunity, the first opportunity for you to experience digital. You will probably do it through a telco operator like uh, Safaricom. Allow me to speak briefly about uh, what Litlian has touched on in terms of uh, broadband. At Safaricom, we consider ourselves to be a fully broadband uh, network, and that is because of the initiative that we did some time back in terms of uh, widespread uh, 4G rollout. We used to call it uh, 4G everywhere. It's been a successful project because right now, I can guarantee you, if you go to any parts of the country, you'll get a 4G signal that is 96% of the time and you'll be able to achieve uh, better than broad, uh, broadband speeds. That means your speeds will be anywhere above 3 Mbps. Uh, we, we've been reviewed uh, severally by benchmark uh, tests, the CA locally here in Kenya, and we are even proud to announce our results that were published by Okla, that we are the fastest network in Africa. So we are very proud of that because we brought broadband to the entire Republic of Kenya, and with the ubiquity of the mobile phone in Kenya, we can make sure that anybody wants to go online anywhere, anytime is able to do that and to achieve their uh, their goals and their purpose.
3: Right. Just one last thing, uh, still in the broadband space, because what has also happened is uh, now the fiber to the home, yeah, and then now the point to multi-point links that are uh, 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 that we are rolling out across the board, so that at least we can be able now to be able to accommodate Kenyans in terms of the demand they have for more for bigger bandwidth so fiber to the Home is, is, has picked up really well mm-hmm. and in terms of uh, connectivity I mean we can say we are in a good space but of course we need to do more because when you look at that the demand is still high for the service so ours is uh, of course to make sure that we are able to meet the demand and we are able to spread our wings across the country and give Kenyans what they desire and of course cutting across uh, we're also looking at the low-cost solutions mm-hmm. which Kenyans can also be able to afford in the fixed space and especially where we cannot be able to roll out fiber immediately mm-hmm. at least we, we have or you can say we have a solution for for everyone mm-hmm. yeah That cuts across
1: yeah you know um James spoke about of course when you go any this in any uh, any part of this country you can actually get a 4G or a 3G connection and I I think we do a lot of trips outside Nairobi uh, even just for work and I think we even captured a five G signal in the deep of Amboseli. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we once uh, we went yeah. for a trip and actually deep in the in the National Park, we got a five G connection, mm-hmm. and you got basically almost ninety seven percent, more than ninety seven percent. That's actually a good figure. And of course, you spoke about the initiative you're working, uh, you know, around to ensure, you know, what of course the theme of this, one of the themes focused on this summit being seamless connectivity. Yeah, so maybe you know, um, how do we achieve this? How do we achieve the seamless connectivity you're talking about?
3: For for seamless connectivity, um. When you look at uh, connectivity, you look at it as as, as a base. Yeah. It's like a, almost like the Maslow's uh, law of uh, needs, eh? whereby for some people, like the youth, you'd rather give them Wi-Fi than food <laughs> in some instances. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's it's become that it's become like a basic need. So when you talk about connectivity, it comes at different levels. Like I had spoken earlier, we have of course the mobility whereby you need to connect now humans through the mobile phone, where they can be able to connect to be able to probably join the digital platforms on selling the items for the business people. When you look at it, it is um, connecting the mamambogas even for Mpesa and also access to finance. And then when you look at it for the youth, is also getting connected to be able to do, to get educational materials. So all that, of course, um, when you look at it, you just look at connectivity from a 2G perspective, 3G, 4G, and 5G. Yep. And then when you look at every layer, there's something that it is serving that is still meeting the gap of those particular people. And when you come in into, we recently launched 5G, the demand is growing, and we are seeing a lot of push for, for data because what we are seeing is that the people who game want to operate on low latency and still uh, push and be able to compete equally with people in Dubai, America, and all that. And we're seeing it coming, in, I mean, changing a lot in terms of uh, this space. And then also in terms of even how factories work. We saw demand for 5G services in some of the factories because they, they say they just want, you know, it's a robotic kind of set up and they want to use 5G to be able to control those machines and they want to work with it with the littlest latency that they can be able to work with. So when you look at that, when you look at connectivity, it can be voice, mobile data, short messaging, provision of financial services, access to digital platform, and even coming closer, government systems now. I mean, you click at a button, you almost cannot do without connectivity in running government services. And it's really saving us a lot of time in terms of queuing those places. All you need to do is just go to ecitizen and log in, pay your services for, through M-Pesa, then you get a printout of, of your documents. So that's, that's where we are playing at. Eh? And even globally, I mean, it's made us become like a small village because, I mean, you don't even have to go to, to America for a conference meeting. All you need to do is just a Zoom setup which became a big game changer, especially during COVID. Yep. And we saw the role it played in this space. So good space to be in. And uh, I can say is that uh, we are in a good place, but we still need to connect those underconnected yeah. and mm-hmm. underserved. Mm-hmm. And that's why the industry players will play in a big role in making sure that we can be able to do it cost-effectively because cost is mm-hmm. a big, because mm-hmm. customers want to pay not so much, yeah. but they still want the services Yeah. Maybe, James, you can add in anything I may have missed out. Yeah.
1: And maybe just at the same time, just uh, talk about, you know, what you are doing now for sure. You gave this the <laughs> to be connected as well. Yep. Yeah.
2: Interesting that you should ask uh, because uh, that is where we actually do play about a lot as uh, Saficom. If you go to the most modest villages in uh, this country, I, I, I bet you the signal that you'll find strongest is SafiCom. Yep. Uh, but uh, we are also helped a lot by our regulator mm-hmm. uh, through a fund that is called uh, Universal Services Fund. So within that fund, uh, Lillian has really spoken about the underserved and unserved. They look at for opportunities out there where there's uh, a sizable population. But uh, maybe for some reason, the income for that particular place could be low compared, of course, to the urban areas that are at telco uh, using their normal ROI principles will not want to invest in that place. We get a special fund for us to that encourages us to invest in such locations which gives us uh, the CAPEX to implement the BTS sites and uh, gives us now an opportunity to serve those people. So we, with those kinds of uh, things, and uh, given that Safaricom has now embraced fully the fact that we should just deliver broadband everywhere we go, mm-hmm. we, we go into such areas, we are mandated to only provide 2G services, but that's not what we do. We okay. want to provide everybody that is within our reach with the proper broadband coverage. So, Safaricom goes in and now extra effort to bring in the 3G and 4G as a standard to such areas. Great. Yeah.
0: Genza? Uh I was going to ask James about yes. the state of the network, but that has come out yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. through, the, through yeah. the yeah. Yeah, yeah, So, I'm yeah. just going to ask him about something Lilian has touched on 5G. We are going to focus on this for a bit. Yeah. Like, uh, for us, it's exciting because one of the things we've been doing is when you are roaming around, uh, every time you a 5G, 5G spot, yes. you are like, yeah, hapa kuna 5G and all. Test like, the speed. Yeah, Test the speeds <laughs> and yeah. all that. But that's our view from the outside yeah. as users. What's the view from the inside? What is the state of 5G at Safaricom?
2: Uh, Good question. So first of all, Safaicom, we are proud, always proud that Mm -hmm. we are the pioneers in everything. We were the pioneers, of course, in uh, 3G, 4G, no need to talk about, Mm -hmm. and 5G. Our journey in 5G is as old as three years, Mm -hmm. uh, way before the commercial launch, which we just did uh, earlier this year. So currently we've uh, enhanced our base stations almost five of 500 of them with 5G mm-hmm. and the plan is that at the end of this year we should get to 800 and we are planning a massive rollout for the next uh, two years where we intend to cover almost 3,000 of our base stations so that will bring the 5G footprint within Saficom to over 60% of the infrastructure. I, w- I was as excited as you to finally receive the 5G signals because we had to do a lot of work, uh, had to do a lot of trials, get very many approvals. Uh, there was a health concern on 5G when uh, we yeah. were at <laughs> COVID. I, th- I think we need a name for that, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, so that all those were dispelled. We have all the necessary approvals. We have the spectrum. And most importantly, our customers have even gone ahead of us and gotten uh, the devices. The last time I checked, Lilian, I think this number was creeping towards the 1 million. Eh? Mm-hmm. Almost a million customers in Kenya have 5G, 5G. capable mm-hmm. devices. So it's, it's going to be a very exciting journey mm-hmm. because of the number of use cases we can deliver in uh, 5G. Mm-hmm. We are able now to bring a lot of uh, augmented reality into the phone. We are... Any high-speed application you can think about, and I'm sure this is the right community Mm -hmm. to come up with those particular use cases. Any high-speed, low-latency application you can think about, we can bring it to your mobile phone. Mm -hmm. So it will be very exciting. And we are really looking forward to partner with anybody out there who has a possible use case for 5G. Uh, Let's come and interact on that. Because that was going to be my next question to you. Mm -hmm. What does, like, why should someone latch into
0: 5G? Like, uh, when you guys were doing trials, I think we came here a while earlier for the trials before you went public with them. Mm -hmm. And at that point, 5G devices weren't very prevalent in the country, but they are very pricey. So at that point, she said we are very price conscious uh, country. So you're selling a phone and it's six digits, but then we've seen. Uh, the prices cascade. Now, down. with yeah. as little as 20k, you can get yeah. a 5G phone. And I think the number per year is half a million. So we're on our way to your 1 million. Yeah,
3: we're getting to there. 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 Uh,
0: So uh, uh, I'll switch to you, Lillian, and yeah. I'm going to ask you what are some of the challenges you've encountered when rolling out 5G? 5G. Because uh, when people come to the summit, uh, you'll be showcasing all these nice things you're yeah. doing. But what's, what's the ugly behind the room? What are some of the challenges you have undergone during the testing phase? And now that you are rolling, you're looking towards getting to moving from 500 sites to 800, 800 and yeah. eventually to 3K yeah. and having a network uh, reach of about 60%. What are some of the challenges we are encountering along the way?
3: James, would you want to start in that? I can yeah. take that, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. So let me take that. Yeah. So with the, our experience so far, mm. it's Z. Mm. Yes, Z. Experience so far with uh, 5G, mm-hmm. we've, we've faced two, I would say, curveballs, but mm-hmm. we've learned to work around them with mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. The first one was the uh, regulatory approval. Yeah. Ah, and and the track. frequency. Yeah, frequency yes. spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that one, uh, we had a very good discussion with the regulator in terms of frequency, mm-hmm. that was easily granted. The next one, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, 5G came to us at the height of COVID. Mm-hmm. We had to deal with something we have never dealt with before. For whenever we do our masks, we go for one uh, NEMA approval mm. per site. Mm. But because of the health concerns that came through 5G, mm. we had to do an extra approval mm. for 5G. That means uh, we do an extra engagement of the residents just to make, uh, to let them know that mm-hmm. of course the technology is safe the frequency has been with us for a long time it's been used by TVs mm-hmm. uh, when the TVs were shut down, the analog TVs if you remember yeah. <laughs> the frequency now yeah. was yeah. freed up yeah. and given to Safaricom so it's, it took us unnecessarily long mm-hmm. uh, for something that we are doing which should have been an upgrade mm-hmm. to just get it moving because of the, all the approvals we needed from the regulator in terms of spectrum mm-hmm. and in terms of uh, health concerns and mm-hmm. that's. Where Nema came in. Mm. The second, which I would say, as it's it's a challenge globally right now, mm. is the energy consumption of five G. Yeah. It's uh, traditionally, around uh, calculations, it consumes almost double uh, the standard base station. So mm. that is quite significant. So you now have a higher power bill. Yeah, we are. We have now a higher power bill, mm-hmm. but we got the perfect answer for that. We invested massively mm. in solar. Last year, we did. Uh, we have. We have almost 5,500 base stations that we own in Mm Safaicom. We did 1,500 of them where we Mm -hmm. equipped them with solar just to prepare us for the energy demand that is coming in future in terms of 5G. So with that, we are able to get almost between 20 to 22% of the energy Mm -hmm. from a free renewable source clean Mm -hmm. that is uh, solar. You know, that's the the theme everywhere. Yeah, the yeah, general, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, the and the, uh, really,
3: we are fortunate in Africa that we have... Uh, yeah, we have sun. We have sunlight and it's really helping us in terms of cost savings yeah. and being able to do some of these uh, capacity expansions. Yeah. And just to add on to what James has said, in terms of 5G, of course... Uh, the biggest fear was, of course, now being able to roll out an, an, a network where mm. there are no devices. Yeah. 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 yeah, Because when we were starting, there were very few. I think there were like 50,000 mm-hmm. devices uh, across the country. Just and the uh,
0: galaxies and the iPhones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: And then, um, but, but what, what happened is that I, I think sometimes the customers pause to see mm. what is going to happen yep. in the market. Mm-hmm. Because immediately after the launch, we started seeing growth, step-by-step growth in terms of uh, adoption of 5G devices. And even customers coming to our shops to deliberately ask mm. for, ask for 5G. a 5G-capable mm. device. So, of course, it's, it's a journey. But most importantly is also now to just being very deliberate in terms of being data-driven, in terms of either where we are rolling out these 5G uh, sites and also um, which customers, the dynamics about the customers who want to use the 5G services. So one key thing we have applied even in the rollout to solve our problems is using the data that we have to be able to know where do we put up this site that will be able now to to pick a lot of customers and be able, of course, to monetize, uh, to start monetizing um, the 5G. And the most interesting thing is like when you go to a place like Isli, that's where we have almost the biggest number of devices. Oh. And it's it's very interesting to just find out that, I mean, we really need to take care and watch out Isli because when you want to know who is upcoming in terms of trends in technology, wanting to use a high-end devices, a place that would never look at before, mm. now we are looking at them. And yeah. it's because of the data that we have, and <laughs> we're using this data to be able yeah. to just understand our customers, mm. know when they use our services, mm-hmm. um, also try to understand when they use our services and, and what they are riding on or using when they're on our network, so that we can just be able to make sure that Everybody gets seamless experience because when you have good experience, it creates stickiness. When you create stickiness, the customer walks the journey with you and stays with you. And of course, listening to them when they Mm -hmm. demand for some of these services, we move. Mm -hmm. But most likely, we like moving before they even demand because we already know Mm -hmm. what they want. And that's what Data-Driven Decisions is helping us, especially Mm -hmm. on the network space to be able to forge ahead.
0: You know, you say something interesting that uh, data driven decision making is because there are two things. One, uh, there's a 5G site just right next to where I live, so I was wondering what criteria was using <laughs> <a, a> <laughs>
2: site. <laughs> <laughs> there's
0: a huge concentration of people who are like me, mm-hmm. and people are always very sporty yeah, about 5G. So I was like, see. somebody must yeah. have picked this up yeah. somewhere. Yeah. The second one, there's a recurring joke on Kenyan internet. Uh, every time Apple announces a new iPhone, you will hear a Keswataipata isli.
3: And you are spot on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. So it's interesting that coming from you because you're able to see it from the inside, Mm. from the network side. Mm. Because that's for long, it's been like a recurrent joke, but not really a joke because you'll find, you go there, you find lots of high end devices. So you have a very interesting sample size to work Mm. with there compared to. Absolutely. Uh, I'll ask James this question Uh, Are you guys doing millimeter wave locally? Will
2: you try 5G? Not at the moment. Uh That's something that we will do sometime in the future. Uh Ah, interesting. Why I'm asking is
0: because Dixon is being the controls, but that is pet peeve. Yeah, uh, his iPhone <laughs> supports millimeter wave. He's always yeah, asking for. Cool. <laughs> always asking, and I'm pretty sure there are many people like well, well, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Mm. Now but that will uh, that will come? Of of course. Now with millimeter wave, mm. uh, we will have to now do a more denser network. Yes. Yes. So uh, I mean, our strategy right now is that let's use what we have, mm. and then that will definitely come as an enhancement to. The capacity. Uh, yeah. Uh we'll have asked you a money question, but we'll we'll spare that <laughs> for the
0: director and, uh, yeah. so that you can the tell us the size cards. of this investment is looking yeah. at towards putting the network. What but, I can tell you is that it is in capital B. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, because when you're talking of a millimeter wave, it's a significant yeah. investment yeah. because yeah. you have to bring in a lot of new infrastructure and yeah. mm. all of those things. Okay. What uh, we, we of course expect to see you at the summit. Yep. So, what mm-hmm. are some of your expectations? Now
2: you can branch out of the uh, network. Out of the network level. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: yeah. Pa- pa- personally, I'll be just uh, looking uh, out mm-hmm. to see uh, the developments out there mm-hmm. in terms of uh, engineering, mm-hmm. what is available out there and more importantly what we are adopting strongly in kenya mm-hmm. I, I realize nowadays there's a convergence of everything mm-hmm. if if you're in energy there's a convergence i mean you do energy yes but you need an app so there's a there's almost a convergence of everything mm-hmm. into into one neat uh, technology family mm-hmm. so that that will be really my hope and uh, wish that i get to see a lot of uh, the technology out there how we are applying and how we are using the engineering to make a difference right. in our republic.
1: And yeah. we spoke about convergence. I think when we're, when we did the last episode, um, you know, George was talking about telling us about how you know this time around they're yeah. not just bringing engineers, so there'll be creatives. Yes. I mean, it's just open to we are. So I mean, again, that would be a good opportunity for you to understand, you know, what do these creatives want? What yes. do these engineers want? Yes. So again, as you talked about, data-driven decisions. So again, that will be that will be an know, opportunity.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Excellent. Looking mm-hmm. really looking forward to it. For you William.
3: So for me um I mean it's a very exciting to be very exciting you can imagine all those brains right? yep. yeah. mm-hmm. in one place at the same time and uh, I mean what I'm looking forward to is of course to engage in those networks and uh, look out for a bit what are people uh, doing out there yeah. other than what we are doing internally because mm-hmm. sometimes you realize you tend to focus on what you're doing internally and forget to have that external radar yeah we'll be able to tell you this is what is happening in this space because I believe now that learning is what now you can be able to bring back into your space or into your community and add value and see what else you can be able now to to do differently and also engage with the students mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm, I'm a great mentor and especially I'll be looking out for the ladies. Yeah. Uh, mentor for women in technology. Yes, so yes, I'll yes. be looking out for them and uh, just um, meeting up with them to just find out whether there are any challenges, the opportunities available What are they looking forward to? And just telling them that we are here to support them Mm -hmm. and that we are here to walk the journey Mm -hmm. with them. So I will be there. Mm -hmm. Kabisa, kabisa. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm I'm just looking forward to just see what what people have to offer out there besides what will be coming now from this other side of our world. Yeah, it's like it's like a mobile world congress. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but for Kenya, <laughs> yeah. you imagine how amazing yeah. Yeah. it can be. It can be. Yeah, and you know now everybody. I mean, everybody has a chance now to just be able to play out in their own small businesses mm-hmm. to share mm. what they have. John Stolas
0: is looking to taking. The summit international, yeah, international. So it's good for this year
2: only.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. And Lilian, uh, one final question for me, and this is a lot more personal. You've touched on students. Uh, my first encounter was with you. I was a second year student, mm-hmm. and I came when you were leading the network operations center, and I was with the radio team for a bit. Yeah, so you have quite the experience bringing students through the rank, and of course, the mentorship you do with women in tech. Uh, there, there is a Safaricom engineering community as a result of the first edition of Decode. So we are going to the second edition of yes. Decode. So that engineering community, lastly checked, uh, we had from Nysenia, who's the digital lead uh, in charge there, mm. uh, that there is a community of over 5,000, a yep. good number of Correct. which are students. Yes. And we are going to have a lot more students at the summit. Yes. As some would use uh, mentors, uh, people through the system, you're a network leader, what are some of the things like they can, if somebody's going back to school, what are they looking for if they want to come into this space? Somebody, If say somebody wants to come work in your team, what, what are they looking to, to have? You know what, what are some mean? of the skills to have?
3: Today, today I was just talking to the new students who've onboarded as interns, mm-hmm. as young students, mm-hmm. and I was just telling them, if you can be able to serve a need mm-hmm. that is there in any organization, mm-hmm. then you'll have served your purpose. And when you look at some of the needs that you're having in some of these spaces, um, people are looking for cyber, yep. cyber security engineers, mm-hmm. data scientists are big, like you, you've heard, we're we are now being driven by data to take some of these decisions. Uh, when you look at um, Android developers for developing some of the apps, mm-hmm. uh, even when you look at uh, like the recent app, we, we deployed the county app, we needed Android developers. Yeah. The UI UX space is quite new. Yeah. And then um, and, and, and also when you look at cloud computing in terms of storage. So all that array. And then all I can tell them is that there's a lot to be done in this space. And that's why um, even during COVID, we mm-hmm. were some of the essential services providers so they should know that they are in a good space. Mm-hmm. It's just up to them now to be able to decide now. They are spoiled for choice even yeah. in terms of uh, demand because there's demand for some of the skills, not only within the borders, but even out of the borders. Mm-hmm. And that's how they should also be looking at it because AWS are looking for engineers. It's yeah, borderless. Yeah. You can go anywhere you want to work. And the good thing with engineering and some of these skills, whatever you apply here, you can apply it anywhere yeah. across mm-hmm. across the world. Eh? And that's the advantage uh, that they have. And, and I want them to just use it very tactfully and very well. But mostly they just have to stand out stand out from the crowd. You have to be that specialist that everybody is looking out for, for you to be able to, to stand out. And I just wish them all the best in this space. Mm-hmm. But all I can tell them is that they are in a good space. And um, you can even make money while seated because of the skill that you have. Mm-hmm. And, and the beauty with technology also to other people who are not necessarily in the tech space, we are empowering them. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the content creators, the yeah. people who are selling things online. When you look at the employment, this has done even globally. It's, it's amazing. I, mean, I couldn't understand why Google would invest so much in their developments and the likes of Facebook is wondering how they used to make their money before. But now, when you understand how they make their money, you're like, "Whoa, yeah!" Mm-hmm. So you're in good space. So uh, but let them take this opportunity to just interact with people and get to learn what's latest, which spaces can they move to? There are others I may not have mentioned, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of people who know a lot more than I do. But for my Karabishasana, space, and uh, let them learn and let's interact and also learn together. I still learn to date. Mm-hmm. So I'm also looking forward to interact more with the Gen Zs. They teach me a lot. eh? (laughs) So looking forward also to that
2: bit. Yeah, thank you,
0: James. What will you tell somebody who's up and coming in your space? I
2: think uh, you're in the right, you're in the right place Mm -hmm. at the right time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just perfect your craft, mm-hmm. give, uh, give, give a solution to a need that is actually existing in society, mm-hmm. and live out your purpose. Yeah. We'll start with you again. Any closing remarks? Uh, no. Uh, just uh, wishing to see everybody there, mm. I'll be there. Mm. Lillian, closing
1: remarks?
3: I just want to to thank Safaricom as an organization for putting this up. Mm -hmm. We appreciate what it is doing to the community at large and to us. Mm -hmm. So I'm really looking forward to engage, looking forward to learn more and more. So see you all there. yeah, And and let's meet up and engage and and have fun while still at it.
0: (laughs) Thank you. We've been your hosts. I'm Chen Zimano. Nick Ali. See you at the summit. See you. (laughs) you. Thank
1: you you